everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. We are back for another week of Netflix Hidden Gems. This is a series we've been doing every week since the quarantine where we're talking about hidden gems that you can find on either Disney Plus or on Netflix depending on the week. And because uh, we've got lots of streaming time, you might, as well, uh, you might as well watch and find some of these hidden gems. And I'm from Critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Hi Rachel, it's so good to hear your voice, and it's so uh, it's so good as per usual to be a part of this. Yeah, it's so much fun. I really look forward to this every week and trying to find some some really fun little uh, films that maybe may not be in everybody's radar, uh, or at least at the very least, I can introduce them to you, which is a, which is even if nobody else listens, at least it's fun to do that and share that with uh, with you so i really have been enjoying it well i appreciate that and uh <laughs> and i hope we keep this going forever or until yeah. the internet dies whichever comes first <laughs> sounds good i think so i think so all right well let's dive in we each got five recommendations this is from netflix this week and uh, i'll start let us partake My- yes so my first one is a movie I actually reviewed on uh, my channel for Family Movie Night. Uh, it is the a movie called The Money Pit. And this was actually done as part of a patron request. Uh, I read uh, Mr. I'm read. I, I reviewed Mr. Blanding's Built His Dream House with Cary Grant. Uh and uh and as a patron request for uh um for family movie night and i found out that this movie the money pit is a remake of that film and so i ended up reviewing both the original and the new for version and this movie it stars tom hanks and uh goldie hawn and they build the they they start to build their dream home and just everything that could go wrong that uh could go wrong goes wrong everything and it's pretty funny and the physical comedy is really good and sometimes i think we forget even though he's so great on Saturday live that uh that tom hanks he can be really funny with the physical comedy and uh with everything else and it's it's probably on the mature side as far as family movie night recommendations um so i don't know it depends on your family i would say older family uh it's a strong pg-13 i would say uh but it definitely has some really good laughs especially if you like physical comedy uh and then you'll like it and so yeah it's and and i'd recommend watching the original mr blanding's built his dream house uh that has uh carrie grant and myrna myrna loy in it and it's quite funny as well and you said that carrie grant is in the money pit and the original no just in the uh in the original oh, uh, okay. so the new one has shelly long and tom hanks oh gotcha it. gotcha yeah and uh so yeah it's pretty funny i think underrated little movie uh uh from the 80s so with that most people haven't seen I don't think uh, from Tom Hanks. Yeah, I've actually uh, I've actually never seen this one, and I can say that uh, I've seen very I've seen like ninety percent of Tom Hanks's output. There's very few that I haven't seen. Yeah, 
So I'll definitely have to uh, remedy that situation. Yeah, and it's it is pretty broad. I think I think of it as kind of maybe similar in style of humor as something like Home Alone, uh, as far as the physical comedy and and some of the 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 shenanigans are pretty broad. But I I I enjoyed I enjoyed it. So. Hearing you describe the plot kind of remind me of the second half of this movie. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Baby Boom. It starred Diane uh-huh. Keaton yeah. in the late eighties where she just she gets fired from her job and she buys the country home she always wanted. Yeah. It turns out <laughs> turns out it was more of a handful than she thought. And I love the part where she goes to the real estate agent and she is like, In twenty years I'm the only nibble? Like, are you kidding? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, that's very true. Uh, that that I think that's right around the same time, and uh, they have very similar kind of senses of humor. I love Baby Boom. I think it's really good. If it was so. on Netflix, I would definitely recommend it because I think I've seen that movie ten times, maybe more. Because mm-hmm. it, it's it it's it's just really funny. Diane Keaton. It's one of her. It's one of her best performances. Yeah, yeah, and it's so emblematic of the late eighties as far as feminism and views of like women in the workforce, all that stuff. And it's Harold very... is her boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. So that I'd recommend checking out baby boom if you can find it anywhere. But, uh, but the money pit is, uh, is pretty funny. It'll make you laugh at least for me. And uh, so uh, I would, uh, I would check it out. Uh, so what's your first one? So just to give my theme for for my choices this week, uh, last time we did a Netflix episode, I went pretty dark. I went to some dark places. So I wanted to cure that this week and talk about some family films that at least my family would like. Uh Like these are these are definitely more lighthearted. So my first choice is from 19 or actually 2000. I was thinking of the other one. Uh, it's Joseph King of Dreams. This is from DreamWorks, and it's you could pretty much call like a prequel to The Prince of Egypt. If The Prince of Egypt was on Netflix, I would definitely recommend that. But Joseph King of Dreams is on here, and I recommend that just as much as I do Prince of Egypt. Uh, it's based on the Book of Genesis tale of Joseph, who, uh, who, and and one and and what made. Uh, what made that what made Prince of Egypt so good is, in my opinion, what makes Joseph King of Dreams so good. It's it tells the Bible story in a way that can be easily accessible, but it doesn't do it a disservice either. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has a pretty decent voice cast in here. Uh, ben Affleck is in here. I like most of the work he's done. I mean, Mark Hamill, we all know who he is. Uh, Jody Benson is in here. Uh, oh, yeah. Jody Benson? Yes. I didn't know that. No, it was when I was doing research, I was like, Joe, is that right? Jody Benson? And turns out, <laughs> yes, that's her. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Uh yeah, I've I obviously have heard of this, but I've never seen it, surprisingly. Uh so it's a good hidden gem. I cause I love Prince of Egypt so much, but for some reason I've never seen the sequel. Joseph really King of Dreams but... has the same animation style, like uh-huh. literally the exact same. Yeah, and similar music style, I would think, to Prince of Egypt. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I know I need I I uh, I need to see it. I think it looks really good. Uh, and uh, 
I it looks like something obviously that might be a good Sunday watch and was like for good Sunday movies. Yeah, when you and you and Durbania do uh, do your <laughs> devotional, you should definitely uh, talk about that. Yeah, that would be good uh, for to maybe what could be our topic could be like maybe on Pride, American Pride, because that's a big part of the uh, Joseph story. Uh, and I have heard uh, one of the songs, uh, the um, uh, now I can't think of it, but uh, it, my friend did it. It's his recital. Uh, he did one of the songs from that movie, and I remember I liked it. Uh, so that's cool. I'll have to check it out. You know, those animated sequels are usually terrible, so it's good to know when there's a. I mean, it's not really a sequel; it's a different story, but still. It's usually more of a those are pretty if bad. We're talking about like books of Genesis. Yeah. If if, uh, if Prince of Egypt is the book of Exodus, then Joseph King of Dreams yeah. is the book of Genesis, which came before it. That's true. It's more like a spinoff, maybe kind of. But uh, but yeah, I uh, usually those kind of direct to DVD movies are are not very good, but sometimes there's good ones. So I'll have to check it out. That's a good choice. Uh, all right. Well, my next choice is another uh, romantic comedy, and it is called Kate and Leopold. And this is a really funny movie uh, about um, Meg Ryan's character is named Kate, and she is just overworked. She's overstressed. She uh, hates her job. Uh, she's living in an apartment, uh, and. Uh, trying to make everything work uh, and uh, just worn out <laughs> and uh, she and she's kind of jaded about love of course and uh, her brother I think it is or friend I can't remember uh, the, he finds this this portal to to go through time travel and he ends up uh, meeting a their ancestor who ends up being the person who invents the elevator <laughs> but who's also like a a duke or something i don't know he's some kind of nobility and he hates you know all those things and and uh so anyway the uh the duke guy <laughs> or whatever and he ends up following this brother person uh and ends up appearing in modern times so the big joke of the movie is you have this this person living in 19th century kind of decorum and uh and rules and all that stuff in modern in a modern setting and uh, that's where they get most of the humor and you have Hugh Jackman playing Leopold which is the best <laughs> and uh and Meg Ryan is just kind of perfect for this role because you know she was the the rom-com darling for so long and there's a lot of stuff in it that really makes me laugh like uh the <laughs> there's uh there's one scene where he makes her breakfast he makes her just simple toast with cream cheese and uh strawberries and he gives it to her and she like starts to cry because nobody's made her breakfast in like 20 years you know <laughs> like she's Oh, wow. I'm, just, I'm just sitting here like that breakfast sounds amazing yeah that's right she's like this is so delicious and I think most of us can relate to that that uh just there's 
they're so yes it's good to be a modern independent woman but it's also sometimes so nice just to have things done for you and to be treated like a lady and uh <laughs> treat yourself yeah or or a gentleman i guess in your case just to be just to have somebody help you because life is hard and stressful and and uh it's and yeah you want to be independent but also sometimes it's just like you're just like please just to help me and uh and that's kind of what you get here and they have really fun chemistry Hugh Jackman and McRyan and uh I don't know I just really I feel like it's a rom-com that you don't hear talked about very much but it's actually quite funny and quite clever and I think that they get done with kind of the whole fish out of water part of it pretty fast and so it's more about their relationship and how his rules versus her rules and how they that ends up working and uh so i think that uh i i think that they do a really good job and uh i i think i think you'd like it even if uh uh even if maybe you're not like the biggest rom-com person in the world because i think it's generally pretty funny uh and hugh jackman and meg ryan are so good I believe I saw this movie like five or six years ago. I can't uh-huh. remember much of it, but when you sent me your list to, and I was doing my research, I found that this was directed by James Mangold, who directed oh. Logan, which is the best X-Men movie ever made. I don't care what you think. Uh, <laughs> and he also went on to direct Ford v. Ferrari, which is just a fantastic movie from last year. Probably one of my 10 favorites of last year. Yeah, me too. Uh, seeing seeing Parasite just threw my list off entirely. Now it's like, <laughs> if I could expand it to 15, I would. But um, no, this movie actually sounds fantastic. And I was going to say, Hugh Jackman has such a range. Like he can go from being, you know, like being in something like The Greatest Showman where he's like, ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. And he's like this super charismatic, you know, yeah. donor. And then turn on a dime and he can be like the father from Prisoners where he's torturing Paul Dano in a bathtub. But, uh, or he could be Logan from X-Men. He, he, has he really such, does have, he has have quite a range. range where he can go from serious to funny to self-deprecating to uber serious and he's one of our best living actors. And that's the reason why. Yeah. Like if you watch him in this bad education that just came out on HBO and then compare him to some of the roles that you just mentioned, it's, I mean, to, he's did Jean Valjean. He did, I mean, all over, all over the place. And uh, he is really charming and wonderful here. I mean, you think this was early on in his career, 2001. I don't think had he even been. When did the first X Men come out? Had he even 2000, been? And he had, so, and, and before that, barely. he had, and before that, he had been in a, uh, in in he was in the London West End production of Oklahoma that was made into a movie. Oh, so that was so. This was one of his very first movies. Yeah, he ever did. So that's interesting too, and. So I think that it's definitely, if you're open to romantic comedies, I think it's definitely worth a watch. It's a lot of fun. So uh, what do you have at number two? So my number two is from 2011, a forgotten animated gem, if there ever was one. It's called Arthur Christmas. Uh, 
this uh, this is a movie that I recently rewatched and I absolutely love. This was a joint Columbia, Sony, and Hardman joint, and uh, it's about a, a I guess I want to say a young man named Arthur, who is voiced by James McAvoy, who is the youngest son of Santa, and he believes wholeheartedly in the Christmas spirit. If there was ever a Christmas fan, like he he would be like number one. Uh, but around him, Christmas has become very streamlined. They have a very strict system in place to the point where Santa doesn't even have to enter the house anymore except to maybe, like, eat the cookie. Like, that's it. There are so many elves and so much, like, stuff done before Santa even gets there that he's almost pretty much phased out. But, um, but Arthur still believes deep down inside that in the Christmas spirit and the pureness of that. Yeah. The conceit of the movie is that one of one of the letters to Santa gets left behind. And so he is like no child left behind. So he gets her gift and goes down to down to earth pretty much to give this child her present along with the grandfather of Santa who is hysterical. And this elf who has a mohawk, which is just really cool in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Christmas is definitely underrated. No one really talks about it, and it absolutely should. It's definitely something I'm rewatching every Christmas. Yeah, it's a movie that I love. Uh, it's I think I had it in my top 20 movies of the last decade. Uh, oh, wow. So it's one of my favorites. I, I love Arthur Christmas, and... I, I I just I I love the fact that there really is no villain in the movie. Like his brother isn't trying to do something bad. He like from his perspective, he's trying to do something good. Right. Uh, he had he has no like nefarious ideas of taking over Christmas or something like that. Like he he's just trying to do it in the orderly and uh, and best way that he he believes right but he's forgotten the one he's forgotten the value he just it's like that's one thing to be a villain it's another thing to to just kind of lose your way a little bit and that's more his brother and so i think that uh, that makes for it's actually a movie about this family uh dynamic that you have going on and his dad getting kind of lazy uh and maybe over relying on his brother and uh and so and him kind of proving himself and that he uh that he his ideas and his way of thinking is valid uh and it's just it's funny it's sweet the animation is so lovely it's christmas movie because of course so of course i'm gonna you know i love christmas movies and animation and i love aardman and so i think it's it's definitely very underrated and a very wonderful movie i think it's a great pick for your hidden gem yeah you are definitely down with the christmas (laughs) yeah One last thing. Uh, one last thing before we move on. Uh, just, uh, just one thing. Uh, the son, Stephen Claus, is voiced by Hugh Laurie, who was in House and a bunch yeah. of other things. And Grand Santa was voiced by Bill Nye, which I was trying to think of who was voicing Grand Santa. Then I looked it up. It was Bill Nye, which is great. And then Santa Claus is voiced by Jim Broadbent, which those yeah. three names are just great fantastic. Cast. And James McAvoy both seen the lead right as arthur yes as arthur so great choice i think everybody should watch it 
if you haven't seen it, it's it's a new uh, modern holiday classic. I would say. <laughs> that's that's watch Arthur Christmas, yeah. watch Arthur Christmas, and then watch Claws, and you've got your Netflix <laughs> holiday film uh, film uh, double header. That'd be great. Uh, so great pick. Uh, so my next pick uh, is uh, Mansfield Park. And I was thinking about this film because, you know, we have Emma coming out soon on digital and DVD. I just actually got it on digital. Uh, and uh, so in, and the Emma adaptation is, I would say, a bit irreverent, just a little bit. It's got some it takes a few risks. It tries a few things. It's not, uh, it's not super traditional, but enough so that uh, it certainly didn't bother me. But uh, if you're looking for something that's a period piece that that takes a few chances, that's not totally by the book, uh, then this man- version of Mansell Park, I think, is a good choice for you. Uh, it's definitely some people didn't like it because it does uh take a few risks it's a little more politically minded than some people prefer but i really enjoyed it it's probably partly because the book manceville park is not one of it's my least favorite from jane austen Uh, and so i i guess i'm i'm more than willing to give it a little bit of wiggle room uh for uh, some just some few things like it kind of there's a whole thing about like the slave trade and how it affects the the family and the people and uh and so there's just some some stuff that people didn't like but i actually like that it's a little bit different and that it takes some risks Frances o'connor is her name and uh so she and she's good i like her in it and it has uh johnny lee miller as uh, as Edmund as the lead male and he's I he's, I just really enjoy him he's in another version of Emma that I really like from 2009 and uh, so I love Jane Austen and I love uh, period pieces and this one just takes a little bit of risks and does some different things so I think it's interesting and definitely worth checking out uh, and so you, sh- you should watch it on Netflix <laughs> Yeah, so, I, um, I remember I was looking, I was looking this movie up and I was thinking, Johnny Lee Miller, Johnny Lee Miller, where is, why do, why do I remember that name? And then it, it hit me. I was like, oh my God, he was Frankenstein. And in the, there was a national theater production in the UK of Mary oh, Shelley's yeah. Frankenstein and Johnny Lee Miller was Frankenstein oh. alongside Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. And that promo, when I was working at my local movie theater, that promo would play in the lobby over and over and oh, over and over again. And I would hear sense. Johnny Lee Miller's name like 30 times a day. <laughs> and it was one of those things that I repressed. And then as I was looking it up, it was like, Johnny Lee Miller, why is that? And it was like, oh, and then it was just like, it just came back to me. <laughs> That's funny. Well, he is in these period pieces. He loves the, uh, his, like I said, he was in Emma and then he's in this and, he was also in the uh, show Elementary. I don't know. If you oh, he was Sherlock in that show alongside yeah. uh, alongside Maggie Q. Uh, wasn't it Lucy Liu? 
Oh yeah, yeah, Lucy Liu. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you yeah, were absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, he's really charming. I've always liked him a lot, and he's kind of his character sort of frustrating. You're like, come on, wake up! You're being so dumb. But uh, but nevertheless, he plays him well, and uh, so I I'd recommend checking it out. What do you have as your third pick? So my third choice. Uh, this is a bit of a weird one because. It's in a gray area of, is it hidden? I know it's a gem, but is it really hidden? It's Back to the Future Part 3. The Back to the Future movies are beloved, uh, especially 1 and 2. I have never met a person who has said, Back to the Future, lame. Like, that's never (laughs) happened. Uh, Especially 1 and 2. 3, though, I've heard some people say, oh, that's the lesser of the movies. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, that's the one that brings it all home, you know? it's it. The movie itself is basically, at the end of Back to the Future Part 2, spoilers, uh, Doc Brown gets sent back to 1885 after the DeLorean is hit by a lightning bolt. And so Marty has to go back to 1885, get hit, get the Doc, and then go back to 1985, and then destroy the time machine because they have done probably irreparable damage to this uh, to this timeline. But I digress. Um, what I love the most about Back to the Future Part Three is the world that it builds. Like it builds a Western town. Like Hill Valley in 1885 looks like a lot of the Western towns I grew up watching the Leone films and you know the Searchers and stuff like that. Um, uh, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, of course, they have great chemistry together. Mary Steenburgen is really good in this as Clara Clayton. You know, she's not just the typical damsel in distress. You know, she actually is a three-dimensional person. And you can definitely see the love that's formed between Lloyd and and Steenburgen in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the final train scene where where Marty and Doc go back is just... It's just one of the best of the series, in my opinion. And the ending where everything just comes together, like, this is how you do a conclusion. So to a certain extent, I understand why people don't think or think Back to the Future Part 3 is a step down in quality. But I do say, like, it's still really, really good. Yeah. I don't know. In some ways, I like it better than the second. The second is so downbeat. Yeah. I. Yeah. My order for me is Back to Future Part 1, Part 3, Part 2. Yeah. Yeah, I think as far as my particular tastes, I I think that, that I have the same. Yeah, I, I think that it's really, at its heart, it's a romance is the third one between Doc Brown and, and as you said, and and uh, the Mary Stubridge character. And it's really quite sweet and funny and uh, enjoyable. And... I, uh, yeah, I like it. I like the, the ending. I think it's really good. And I sort of close out the trilogy. And I think the whole, uh, the whole trilogy is just very entertaining and really good. I, I think that maybe I would say maybe not hidden gem, but I, I think you could make an argument that, uh, number three is a little, uh, underrated. I yeah. Like I, underrated. like I said, it's very much a gray area and I was yeah. like, Should I'd say underrated. I? but then I was just like, you know what? It's my list, so yeah. it's on there. <laughs> hey, we're we're doing this every week. We can't be as picky as we were at the beginning. Let's be real. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. 
So I think it counts. I think it's good. Uh, yeah, I really, I love, I actually got to see the first one at the drive-in a couple weeks ago and it was so much fun. Uh, so, so fun. So I don't know. I love that series so much. Yeah. My so, favorite, my favorite scene in part three, before we move on is, uh, or one of my favorites is when, is when Marty's at, at the whole shindig to celebrate the clock tower going up. And he's getting one of the pies and it on there it says, Oh hey, look, Frisbee, far out. And I was thinking to myself, why are the pie pans named Frisbees? That's so weird. And then the next scene when Biff is bullying the doc, he's like, grab it, throws it, knocks the gun out of out of Biff's hands, and then he tells and then he tells Buford Tannen to lighten up jerk. Like just right into my veins, just right mm-hmm. into my veins. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, that's the, I guess the, the you kind of have to accept as kind of silly fun as sort of the Biff parts of that third one. The Not a strong word, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, my next pick uh, is the uh, Disney Animated Shorts Collection, Walt Disney Animated Shorts Collection that they have on Netflix because things haven't completely moved over to disney plus yet some stuff is still uh, at netflix and uh it's the uh first volume i i don't know if they've done a second one but but anyway the short films collection and i love animated shorts i think they're so fun so charming and this one has some really 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 good ones you have feast which uh won an oscar and is just so great about this cute little doggy and his owner and all the food <laughs> that he gets from his owner and uh, that kind of symbolizes different parts of life and uh it's it's adorable uh and they have frozen fever for your frozen fans uh there's a, a one called get a horse which uh, kind of blends live action and and traditional animation together in a or CGI and traditional in a really creative way. And then there's Paper Man, which used, was one of the first uses of hybrid animation where it, it it involves both 2D and CG in a very creative way. And, uh, you know, it's a sweet little romance uh, story. There's Tangled Ever After, which is a Rapunzel wedding movie. Uh, the Ballad of Nessie, which is a cue about the Loch Ness Monster. There's Prep and Landing. And I I really enjoy Prep and Landing. They're really cute uh, little shorts. Uh, they have TikTok Tale, which is about a clock in a clock store. Uh, how to Hook Up Your Home Theater, which is sort of an homage to the old Goofy how-to shorts. And so that's, that's really fun. And then The Little Match Girl, which was a Fantasia um, short that didn't end up in the uh, Fantasia 2000 and uh it's it is really sad but beautiful uh then one called lorenzo about a cat uh, <laughs> this pampered cat who i think does the tango i think anyway really fun and then last one is called john henry uh the the, the old tale uh and it has really great music and uh it's it's great and the beautiful animation of that one so i really enjoy all of these and i really enjoy watching them and they're on netflix right now 
And so it's a real good, nice opportunity if you don't have the DVD to watch the uh, to watch the shorts. If you do have the DVD, if you're able to get the DVD, they have uh, audio commentary for every single one from the directors, which is a lot of fun. So, uh, have you have you seen any of these? I have seen, and I'll uh, I'll read off the ones I have seen. I have seen Frozen Fever, uh, which was just. <laughs> painful because it was attached to coco no no that's not the right one frozen fever was the one in the summer oh uh, you're thinking of olaf's frozen adventure the christmas one frozen fever is that's the one, the one I that like. was frozen yeah. fever is the one i like it's the one where elsa's sick or anna's sick and elsa's trying to make her birthday uh and uh <laughs> That that one I really liked. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Beast, I almost cried. I I so loved good. Beast so much. Uh, Paper Man, I remember watching, but I can't remember much of it. But my favorite out of all of them, maybe the Little Match Girl. That is the one yeah, that I so have good. the most experience with. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful story, and it's especially beautiful considering it's coming out. It it came out around Christmas. Uh, it it takes place on Christmas Eve. So uh, I just I just get teary eyed for stuff like that. Yeah, it's it is really really beautiful, and and you know of course I anything with Christmas I'm gonna like it more. Uh, but you should check out the Purple Landing next Christmas, especially if you like Arthur Christmas because it they feel somewhat similar in certain ways. So uh, I definitely yeah, it's it's a really nice little gem. I love the collections of the shorts. The Pixar collections shorts collections are also really really good. Uh, but this uh, is kind of nice because you get a little more varying styles and whereas Pixar, it's almost all just the CGI type style. There's a few that are a little different, but like night and day, that one's a little different, but, but anyway, what do you have next on your list? So my next choice is from the year 2003 and it is Looney Tunes back in action. Uh, this was directed by Joe Dante who directed gremlins and a movie called Matinee, which is very underrated. Uh, it, I could do an entire video talking about Matinee, but uh, Looney Tunes Back in Action uh, is uh, is, a, is a special movie for me because I love the Looney Tunes. I've grown yeah. up with them. I've watched pretty much all of them several times over, or at least I felt like it anyway. Uh, I, I fully understand that Looney Tunes back in action may not be the best, but I still love it because it's, it's a tribute to the Looney Tunes. And it's clear that the actors and the director, Joe Dante, are just having the time of their lives being a part of all of this. Uh, I even like Space Jam. I know it's a glorified Mm -hmm. Nike commercial, but I still love it. (laughs) And I cannot wait for Space Jam too, but I digress. Uh, Did you watch, uh, The Last Dance by Chance? Uh, on, on I have day. been meaning to, but I, uh, I, I guess I'm just gonna have to wait until it, <laughs> it wraps. It was really good. Uh, but this last episode, this last Sunday, they had they they had a whole little section on on Jordan filming Space Jam, and they showed him uh, with all of the uh, these people in in the green uh, green screen green costumes, you know. So right. him like surround. It looked like him surrounded by all these aliens or whatever playing basketball, and uh, and I guess they built like a whole, uh, a, a whole full full size court 
for him there so that he could get all his training done uh, in between set in between set and everything like that and he would bring in uh, nba stars and players and stuff to practice with uh while they were filming for the summer anyway it was it was interesting because <laughs> so. when you have the greatest of all time at your disposal then you uh you bend over backwards to make him happy yeah for sure but uh, as, so, as far as uh yeah. Dune's back in action is concerned uh i just i did rewatch it and it's still really funny i mean Brandon Fraser's really funny in it. Jenna Elfman's good. Steve Martin is really funny as the as the head of the Acme Corporation. Uh, there's nice little nods to Wiley e. Coyote and the Roadrunner, which are among my favorites. Uh, Bugs Bunny and Daphne have a really funny chase in the Louvre uh, alongside Elmer Fudd, which I highly recommend to everyone. Go out of your way to watch if you watch nothing else from Looney Tunes back in action, go watch that chase because it is funny, especially the ending. Uh But um, Looney Tunes back in action is definitely, it's definitely really, really funny. That's cool. I haven't seen this in so long. I really need to revisit it because I, I like you love, love the Looney Tunes so much. They're so brilliant. They're so funny and so creative. Uh, And I, I remember feeling a little bit underwhelmed by back in action, but I think it had been kind of maybe a bit overhyped to me. And so I think I just need to see it with, you know, just no expectations and just watch it uh, and, uh, and see it again. Cause it has been a long, long time since I saw it. I don't uh, think you can I ever recapture that. the glory of those early days in like fifties yeah. and sixties. Like, like you just can't, you can try, like sure. you can like get an exorcist and get Mel Blanc back from the dead, but you you're just never going to be able to recapture that. What is in the past is in the past. What you can only do now is try and pay homage to it and do something different. Yeah, and I think Joe fair. Dante tried to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Good. All right. Well, my last pick is a movie that I don't know if it's really that obscure, that hidden, but it's a movie that's very dear to me, uh, is uh, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And this is a really interesting movie because uh, the it's one of those rare cases where I think that the movie improves upon the book in almost every way. And I think the reason why that's the case is because the... Uh, the movie was adapted by Stephen Chbosky, who wrote the book, and it was also directed by Stephen Chbosky. So it's kind of a, a very unique situation. And I, I, the first time I saw this movie, I saw it three times that week in the theater because I connected with it so much. I felt so uh, like invested in every single character, and it. To me, it felt like this could have been filmed in my high school with my friends. I just felt like such a connection to them. And there were a lot of little things that it did that I think most high school movies don't do and don't do right. Uh, they like just, again, just a small thing, but like there's a big scene where the big fight, and you see that a lot in these movies. This is one of the only ones I've ever seen where someone, where the person walks away and their hand is like swollen and uh, and and they have to get ice on it and so you never see that and there were just lots of little details like i loved the fact that 
the the party was just like them hanging out in a basement with <laughs> like like these most of these high school movies you have these huge parties that are just so unrealistic and i never seen anything like that and and so it's just like them talking in a basement hanging out you know whatever and i just i love the script the whole uh the um we accept the love we think we deserve uh i i think that's really very true and the whole scene with the with going through the tunnel and we are infinite and uh, so good i i love ezra miller in it and i i i'm not always the biggest fan of emma thompson emma thompson Emma i'm I'm not always the biggest fan of emma watson but she's i like her in this a lot i think she pulls off the accent really well and i i don't know i just i love it i absolutely adore this movie and i i think it's got such a great combination of humor and heart and emotion and I don't know. I just like said. I feel like it could have been filmed with my friends uh, in high school. Even the lockers looked the same as my high school. It was just so nostalgic for me on that level. But uh, I love it. I don't know. Have you seen this one? I saw it a very long time ago, but I haven't gone mm-hmm. back to it since. But now hearing <laughs> your glowing recommendation, I'm like, well, I'm going back and watching that. So uh, well, you have to let but- me know what you think. I uh, certainly I will, it, because everything that you've said about it would suggest that I would like it, because especially the party stuff. Because yeah, I I love I have a soft spot for movies like that, the coming of age type movies. But I like the movies the most where they don't have the lavish parties that are so unrealistic, and they have yeah. like all the booze, and they're making all the noise, and no neighbors have made any complaints, and the parents are conveniently out of town, and it's just an it's it's an if then abstract quid pro quo kind of thing yeah and it just it's unrealistic yeah. but uh just judging from what you've been saying i'm like okay this sounds like the opposite of that mm-hmm. yeah that's how i feel at least and uh and i, I mean i just, like I, said, I love ezra miller when he gets his satisfactory on his his woodship thing he's like satisfied i am satisfactory <laughs> he passes he's able to pass so he doesn't have to stay in that teacher's class anymore like just so funny and sweet and uh <laughs> the ending is shocking it never fails to shock me but i think it works and it earns it and so i absolutely adore it so people should see it and decide for themselves what they think i guess but it, I, I, you can just tell it has uh, I, I think you can tell that it is directed by the writer of the original book. There's just an intimacy there that I think is special about it. So what's your last p- pick? So my last pick is from 2005. Uh, it's from it. It's from the mind of Tim Burton and is called Corpse Bride. Mm-hmm. This is one of my all-time favorite uh, Burton movies. I watched it two years ago for my Halloween series that year, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, the premise is about a young man voiced by Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp in a Tim Burton movie, you don't say. Oh, <laughs> and but... who'd have guessed it? Helena Bonham Carter's in it, too. I know. I'm just as shocked as you. But uh, <laughs> uh, the young man played by Johnny Depp, 
who is about to get married in an arranged marriage. However, he is having cold feet, he runs off into the woods, and he is saying his vows, and he accidentally proposes and marries a corpse bride. <laughs> but, yeah. and, and he gets taken down to the land of the dead, and he visits down there for a little while. Uh, a theme throughout Tim Burton's movies is that the world of the dead is somehow more interesting than the world of real life. Uh, the, it, especially in Corpse Bride, because in Johnny Depp's world, it's very stodgy and dark and very British, but in the land of the dead, it's all very colorful and there's skulls everywhere. And it's just, it's, it's like cocoa, but instead of warm colors, it's like dark blues and grays and whites. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can safely say that, uh, that I think I like Frankenweenie just a tad bit better than I do Corpse Bride, but Corpse Bride has just so much personality about it. It's got a good story. It's darkly funny in some parts. It's one of those animated movies that got lost in the shuffle when it came out, and I don't think it should have. I think that was a travesty. There are so many things about Corpse Bride that I love. I think it is a great film i love the fact that they have both of the brides are really sweet and you're kind of rooting for both of them neither of them is a villain and you can kind of see why he might pick either one to be with and i i really like that i love the music the score is so good i love the songs are really fun but especially the score and when they have victor's piano solo just that long beautiful piano solo when he's playing is just so great and there's not that many movies where a character is just allowed to play a piano solo like that but it's so pretty and uh, i i just all the the animation is so beautiful I mean, i'd say just on pure animation i think it's better than uh, the uh, night before christmas it's just the way it uses color and the way it moves and flows and is so special and uh so yeah the uh the story is maybe not as good as nightmare before christmas but that's a high bar uh of creativity and, and ingenuity but the overall film uh it's just so beautiful and i i think it's quite can be quite funny uh and like i said i love the music yeah, the music is really good. I mean, you can almost never go wrong with Danny Elfman. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I well, even love his Oingo Boingo days. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes, so great pick. I love Corpse Bride. Uh, so let's go over our list real quick. I have The Money Pit. I have Kate and Leopold. Mansfield Park, the Walt Disney Animated Short Films Collection. And The Perks Being a Wallflower, so... Uh, my, what's my, your list my choices are joseph king of dreams arthur christmas back to the future part three looney tunes back in action and corpse bride great very very good well thank you so much for coming on talking about this with me let us know if you're listening if you have got to see any of these and what your thoughts are on them and uh, if you've seen any hidden gems on netflix we want to hear your thoughts so ryan how can people find you uh, they on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can find me at RyanCam20, and my YouTube channel, RyanCam Movie Reviews. Uh, I've got a couple new series uh, coming up. 
uh, or, well, actually just one new series, uh, with Avatar The Last Airbender coming to Netflix, I'm going to be starting a big, long-running series on that, talking about all the episodes from there. Also, I'll be continuing the AFI project, where I take a look at all of the movies on the AFI's Top 100 Movies of All Time list. Coming up on that series is I'm going to be talking about Vertigo, The Wizard of Oz, City of Light, mm. City Lights, and Sur- and The Searchers. So oh. there's a lot of quality coming to the channel yeah. in the next week or two. Ooh, that sounds great. Definitely check that all out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And also at the Hallmarkies podcast. And we started a new podcast called The Francast just this week, which is a, a series on The Nanny, where we talked about the old show from the 90s called The Nanny, which is something I love. We're just barely... 